The gospel reading for this morning comes from Mark's gospel, beginning in the 13th chapter at the first verse. Mark wrote these things. And as Jesus came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? And Jesus began to say to them, See that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear, hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. But these are but the beginnings of the birth pangs. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Oh God, you are a storyteller, and you made us in your image. You spoke and you still speak through unexpected people through silence, through your word written and proclaimed through the centuries. And we come to hear your story once again, to find our place among your people and within your vision for all of creation. So open our ears, our minds, and our hearts to your word for us this day. Amen. There's an old story about passengers on a commercial flight who were settling in for a comfortable ride when a voice came over the loudspeaker welcoming them and announcing that their aircraft had finally reached its cruising altitude. The passengers could now unfasten their seatbelts. And the voice continued by announcing that this was a state-of-the-art, fully automated aircraft and the passengers listened carefully as the voice explained. This aircraft is the pride and joy of our fleet. We no longer require pilots, co-pilots, or navigators. We have eliminated the possibility of human error and we no longer have them on board. So please sit back and relax. Everything is now controlled by our onboard computer. We are proud to announce that we are the first to provide you with this upgraded level of service. So just sit back, relax, and remember, nothing can possibly go wrong. Go wrong. Go wrong. Go wrong. Can you just imagine the anxiety, the anticipation, the apprehension that just suddenly filled that airplane? And I think there's a similar sense of anticipation and apprehension in today's reading from Mark's Gospel. 
As Mark describes the scene, Jesus is standing in the temple courtyard with his disciples shortly after asking them to notice a widow surrendering her last two coins to the temple treasury. And dazzled by all the grandeur of the building around them, one of the disciples asks Jesus to notice something in return. Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And according to first century historian Josephus, the Jerusalem temple of Jesus' day was just an awe-inspiring wonder. Recently constructed by Herod the Great, the temple's walls were made of huge stones, some as long as 40 feet. And the temple itself occupied a platform twice as large as the Roman Forum and four times as large as the Athenian Acropolis. And Herod reportedly used so much gold to cover the outside walls that anyone who gazed at them in bright sunlight risked blinding themselves. So the disciple is impressed, and he tries to share his sense of awe with Jesus, and instead Jesus responds to the disciple's awe with a question. Do you see these great buildings? Now why do you suppose that Jesus now asks the disciple if he can see what he has just invited Jesus to see? Aren't they seeing the same thing? Perhaps not. Maybe they aren't seeing the same thing at all. Because what the disciple sees is an architectural masterpiece. It is the biggest, most outrageous symbol of God's presence that he is capable of imagining. For him, these massive stones and gold and glory, they all hold religious memory. They offer the faithful a powerful symbol of God's presence and power in their midst. That is what he sees. And what Jesus sees is ruin, rubble, destruction, loss. Not one stone will be left upon another, Jesus tells the disciple. All of this will be thrown down. Now, as Mark writes, the world as the early Christians had known it was just literally crumbling all around them. The temple in Jerusalem had been destroyed. Early leaders like Peter and Paul were most probably gone by now. The church was still in the process of trying to define itself against Judaism. And into all of this, we hear Jesus say to the disciples, but this is just the beginning of the birth pangs. These are all signs that something is about to happen, but the time, it's not yet. Do you suppose it could be that we are hearing Jesus say to us all these years later, be prepared, be awake to the realities around you because just through the passage of time, it's easy to become complacent. Virginia Owens in her book, And the Trees Clap Their Hands, suggests that we lose the wonder of it all because along the way, everything becomes Merely. 
Things are merely stars, sunsets, rain, flowers, and mountains. Their connection with God's creation becomes lost to us. Owens goes on to say that this is merely this quality of things that leads to crime. It is merely a thing. I'll take it. It is merely an object. I'll destroy it. It is this merely quality of things that leads to war. We shall lose merely a few thousand men, but it will be worth it. But my friends, this is not merely the world. It is a world that is charged with beauty and the grandeur of God's hand at work. It is a world so loved by God that God sent an only son. More about that in just a few weeks. So Jesus says, be prepared. Stay alert and stay awake. He says, don't be led astray by people pretending to know too much. Watch out for people who claim to be me. Jesus is pretty clear. Anybody claiming to be him isn't. He says, don't be led astray by what you see on the news. Don't waste your time trying to figure out the end of times. People are looking for signs of the end in human conflicts, the rise of an evil leader or in national disasters. There are always wars and rumors of wars, says Jesus. He goes on to say that all of this must take place, but the end is still to come. All of this is but the beginning of the birth pangs, or signs or no signs. There is still a lot to do before the end of time, and there is still a lot of work to be done because the good news must first be preached to all nations. And finally, Jesus says, but don't panic. Pay attention, yes, but don't freak out. Don't let the buzzards bother you. There is going to be some bad stuff in the world. But the one who is coming is good. And he loves you. So please remember, only Jesus is Jesus. The word made flesh who came to live among us and will come again when he wants to. Look, teacher, what wonderful stones, what wonderful buildings. I really think that this is why it was so hard for the disciples to hear Jesus would become the new temple. Because if you read the passages where Jesus points to himself rather than the temple, the disciples, they just don't get it. They keep coming back to this historic, grand, awesome, beautiful place. They can't conceive of it being destroyed and needing to move their hearts into a new home. Yet Jesus patiently kept showing them what he meant, showing them what the nature of this new temple looked like. 
And whenever the disciples found someone in trouble and told Jesus about it, not once did Jesus say, tell him to go to the temple or tell him to go to the synagogue. Never once did Jesus say, tell her to go and see the priests. Not once tell him to go see the rabbis. No. Over and over again, Jesus said, bring him to me. Bring her to me. And my friends, ultimately, what is happening as this old temple falls and the new temple rises, it's not death, but birth. Something new is struggling to be born. And the birth pangs, they hurt. They hurt so painfully much. But what is being born is born of God. And those things never lead to destruction. They never lead us to being left alone without hope or peace or joy or love. More on that in the following weeks. But please rest assured this day that these birth pangs will end in joy. Because this, I know for sure, is the end of the story. God wins. God wins. And that, quite simply, is enough for me. Happy Thanksgiving. Amen.